uh, yeah. Matthew Lillard is like all over his shoulder, and they're all like, oh, uh, yeah. they're like half cuddling, stabbing each other while they're looking yeah. into each other's eyes. Yeah, and yeah. then they're gonna get real sexy. And I feel like this scene really does have some homoeroticism to it with the stabbing. Oh God, yeah. Should we start our podcast and then talk say, about are that? We starting? We're just kind of talking about. Yeah. Okay. So welcome, welcome back to Twerk Team Supreme, everybody. <laughs> Season dose. Pandemic edition. We are back. We're restarting our wonderful Twerk Team Supreme party time. Excellent. Do, 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 okay. So um, we have come back to join the podcast world, and coming back at Halloween, we are doing. Um, a nice little review of an old school, an old classic. Nice classic horror films. It's called Scream. The original. New classic, maybe? It's a new classic. A new classic? New classic. Yeah. Well, the kids in 96 are adults now, and, you yeah. know. The yeah. kids in 96 were adults then. They were all, like, in their say, 20s. <laughs> What do you mean they're adults now? They were adults no, then. No, I mean, like, the babies <laughs> that were born in 96. Oh, I know. Oh. They're all in their 20s now, so, yeah. The ones who weren't allowed to watch it when they first came out. Yeah. Yeah, or they were shitting themselves, so they didn't right? even understand what they were watching. Yeah. Right. I was 16 at the time. This was, guys, okay, wait. So this movie came out in December of 96. Correct. Yeah. I turned 17 in February of 97, so that I was old enough to go see it in the theaters. So this was actually the first horror movie I ever saw in the movie theaters. Oh, wow. Oh. This was my first horror movie experience in a theater. Wow, this is like full circle for you. Yeah, yeah, and now it's like our first podcast episode Um, of season two. Yeah, that's like a full circle moment. Bringing it back around. Bloody 17-year-old to like this famous podcast. I was 14, and I just lost my virginity, that's all. That's it. Oh. That's all I got. Oh. Yeah. Thank you for adding that to the conversation. <laughs> yes. Yummy. I was 22. <laughs> yeah, we know. You're old. Mm-hmm. I was also, 22. Also losing your virginity. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I had virginity. Ever? Like you were just born without virginity? I was Catholic, <laughs> so I was born with original sin. Oh. But is that the... Wait, but is that the same so thing as virginity? I. Well, I also I came out, my closet was my mother's vagina. Right, so, right. Um, so I was already, you know, doomed. Yeah. From, damned. So you, you came out of the vagina and they, yes. they smacked your butt to make you cry because that's what they do. And you went, do it again, and daddy. <laughs> yes. Smack exactly. me again, daddy. Okay. Okay. I was just... born from a princess. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Princess. Is my mother's name, by the way. I love that your mom's name is Princess. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, anyway, so should we talk about this movie? Oh, yes. Um, our our slasher. <laughs> so, wait, how did we settle on watching this as our, like, movie? I don't remember. How do We just talked about it, like, a week ago. And we're like, let's do this movie. I mean, our text messages move really quickly. They do. Yeah. And multiple conversations at the same time. But as I recall... <laughs> I think what we liked about Scream was the fact that it was very meta. Yeah, yeah. And that it talked about the horror films. Right, right, right. right. Um, and then now rewatching it, it's like seeing all the callbacks and mm-hmm. the, the Easter eggs through the whole thing. Yeah. It makes sense that this is our first one back for Halloween. Yeah. 
and there's yeah. a new one coming out next year. So exactly, you know, it's 2022. Oh, do they push it back further? Ugh, yeah. jerks. I mean, it's supposed to come out next year because of the anniversary, the 25th. Well, maybe they'll figure out a way to make it happen because we'll just pretend like Scream Four didn't exist. Why? So um, what's it's that? So bad. I was gonna say is that I've never seen Scream Four. Don't. It's I don't so remember bad. If I did. I think I did, but I don't remember it. It's so bad. It Makes me sad. It was so poorly written. <laughs> Frank loved it, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're talking about the first one. Okay. So did yeah. you know. Okay, so but what are our movie stats? Or have we forgotten how we did this? I don't even know. Oh, we have to like. Oh, that's right. We have to do like. How many text. stabs are you gonna give Nev Campbell? <laughs> <laughs> You're not there yet either. Okay. One of the most, I think, well-known facts, but not really that. I mean, it's important, but it's kind of like, blah, whatever. The least interesting fact about this movie is that the original title was Scary Movie. Oh, yeah. Which we know the Wayans took that title and ran with it. I actually love the fact that this was actually originally called Scary Movie, but then the spoof, like, and it (laughs) makes me wonder, did they actually... Switch. Did they know when they made Scary Movie, like the Wayans? Did they know that Scream was originally called Scary Movie? Which is that why was that why they called their Scary Movie? I wonder because then we get even more meta. Yes, I bet they knew. I bet yeah. they knew. Um, it was. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, who made this movie again? Who was our directors and writers and people? Oh yes, you need. Let's talk that about all stuff. those people. We'll get into fun facts later. Somebody needed her memory jog. Here. I know, right? Oh. I mean, we haven't recorded an episode since Butthole Cats, okay? Or no, Cats Butthole. We did record. We recorded Invisible Man, but couldn't release it because the audio was messed up. Oh, oh that's right. I forgot yes. we did that. So that was, I mean, can you salvage that and give like tidbits of the episode that never was? I didn't feel like it would represent us well by not sounding good. But I could go back and finish the edit and just kind of make it sound as good as possible and we could throw a little uh, disclaimer on the beginning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can do it first and see how we feel about it. But I think it'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we know this film problem. was released on December 20th of 1996. Mm-hmm. The, directed by Wes Craven. Yes. Written by kevin williamson yes mm-hmm. starring because she got you know top billing our homegirl drew barrymore even though she didn't last oh i did long. La- well and they did that on purpose because they wanted to fake people out <laughs> yes. well, also she asked they, she originally was were, they asked her originally to read for sydney right and she's like no i want to no she I wanted she's to- like kill me <clears throat> she didn't want to be the final girl because yeah. because she felt it was way too stereotypical the blonde girl right well, yeah you know. well and also i just don't i don't see her as like a a like a final I, girl well and i also don't see her as like a franchise heroine you know what i mean no. like she just doesn't have that. Hmm, what have you seen charlie's angels no, thank God. I've never <laughs> wa- I have never wasted any hours of my life on Charlie's Angels. My God, it's so good. Anyway. Sad. Oh, anyway. Okay, we'll just leave that alone. I was going to anyway. defend my girl, Lucy Lou. Starring. Okay. So there was only one writer? It was only Kevin Williamson? Just Kevin Williamson. Yeah, nice. he wrote. Well, yeah, he scripted the whole thing like, what, like three days or something. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, the- he's just. You know, from North Carolina, lots of weird stories. But do yeah. you know what inspired him? Um, I don't know. Well, this script was inspired by a real life serial killer based in everyone's favorite state of Florida. Florida. Oh, really? <laughs> Florida, man. 
Nice. Yes. Daniel Harold Rowling was later dubbed the Gainesville Ripper. Oh, and right, 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 right. he was inspired by John Carpenter's 1978 horror classic Halloween mm-hmm. and then perpetrated his crimes based on those. And he would go on to inspire the Scream franchise. Wow, wow. that's so wow. meta. That is right. That, so it makes sense that this film so, is, is so. The Gainesville serial killer was inspired by Halloween, and then Kevin Williamson wrote a script. Inspired, inspired by that serial, ki- serial killer <laughs> and then referenced Halloween in his film excessively. <laughs> wow. well, that's like... Mind, mind blown. Mind. Oh yeah. my God. If this was a YouTube episode, this would be the moment where we showed the mind blow emoji. Right, but it's not. So, but we're not doing YouTube, are we? Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Well... Back Any other top. conversations about the top, the writer-director stuff? Anybody want to? Executive produced by the Weinsteins. Uh, yeah. I mean, wow. Can you not throw a turd on a good time? What the fuck? Why do you got to bring it down like that, Frank? <laughs> you want to talk about a fucking Death Eater right now? Like, Ooh. Jesus, Frank. <laughs> okay, so Kevin Williamson, he's done a lot of things. Yes. Um, But it seems like with his career post-Scream, he did some other films in the 90s because, you know, we had that renaissance right. of teen thrillers. So he right. did Teaching Mrs. Tingle, The Faculty, right. mm-hmm. I Know What You Did mm-hmm. Last Summer. He yeah. was really fucking racking it up. Well, yeah. he basically uh, was like 90s teen angst horror was like literally yeah. all from him. But it A like man stemmed from North from, Carolina. Right? North Carolina. Who would have thought? I knew Kevin Williamson from Dawson's Creek. Exactly. That's where I don't really want to wait. Do we have to pay for it? Not no, if we, we only sing it long it has, enough. Well, and yeah, it has to be less than like anything less than like five seconds. I don't think you have to. Oh, you don't have to license it. Um, but um, yeah, no, like because I remember him being like super, like he like totally blew the world up with D- Dawson's Creek. Um, yeah. And like so everybody was like, uh, teenagers don't talk like that. And he goes, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna make him talk like that anyway. We did. Hashtag Team Pacey. Right. Oh. Mm. I was seen Pacey. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Josh Jackson. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. But Everybody yeah. So then, when he morning. like when when he started to like do all the horror movies, it was like amazing because he w- I was I loved Dawson's Creek when it was on, and so we were taking like the his aesthetic of Dawson's Creek and then putting it into the horror like my, my favorite horror genre of horror movies, and I was just like, oh my god, this is everything. I was sixteen. I was so excited. He really he loves writing dark things. He mm-hmm. created Stalker. He created The Following. Oh, wow. Do you remember um, the little CW? show that gave us Amber Heard I believe it was called Hidden Palms and it was I didn't know anything about it and I didn't watch it or anything but I that sounds familiar yes he did Hidden Palms um my all-time problematic fave The Vampire Diaries (laughs) 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 he also did something called Time After Time but that must have been like Canadian or something because I don't remember that on US television Uh he did Scream the TV series and he has the CBS All Access show Tell Me a Story and they're actually filming Scream 5 right now I knew they were in production but that's why I was like I was surprised when you guys said it wasn't going to come out until 20. 22. IMDb. Oh. Well, if they finish it soon enough, maybe they'll put it out. I don't know. I mean, if we get out of COVID by June. It's never happening. We're never... We're we're permanent. We're in permanent lockdown forever. The the sunlight will go away. 
So you want to get into this hot or not before I hit you with some more hot trivia facts? Yes, yeah. let's hot or not it. Let's hot or not it. Okay. Let's take it back to the top with Drew. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I would. I mean, I feel like it would be like a total thing at a party and it's like, it's a checklist or, but we would, neither of us would take it seriously enough to get butt hurt over it. That's a really great way to, <laughs> <laughs> to kind of categorize that. Yeah. <laughs> Way to say, I don't fuck chicks, but this one, I'd fuck her. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd hit it. It would be a story Look. we could tell later on and laugh about. <laughs> but you know what? I guess that's the answer for all of us. None of us sleep with women. But Drew, she's yeah. a pass. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably would. I really loved her look, too, in this film. Like, yeah. they really let her lean into the whole, you know, blonde-haired Football player boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah, like the personification of the stereotypical horror first girl. Mm-hmm. Cool, Karen. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, she would be a grown up to be a Karen by this point if she hadn't, <laughs> if she hadn't got gutted. Drew does the Sunday night movie thing on CBS or whatever. Mm-hmm. She did like a little like YouTube thing or maybe it was. Oh, a promo for it. A little promo. And it was yeah. like, what if Casey Becker had grown up? <laughs> no, I never saw that. Oh, I got to go that. look it up on YouTube because basically up. her and like her phone starts going off. I don't want to like tell the whole thing, but her phone starts going off and it's like. Like, the ghost-faced killer is texting her, and she just keeps ignoring <laughs> it, he keeps texting her. It's basically like, what if Casey Becker had left the ghost face on Reed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I it's super that. short, too. It's only, like, 15 or 20 seconds long or something, but it's really entertaining. And I guess it was, like, a little mini promo for, I guess, this Sunday for them doing Cool. Screen. The promo I saw was her uh, picking up the phone while she was doing the promo. Oh. Okay. That's so meta. We- we have to mention him, even though we don't see his face. Would you do Roger Jackson, the voice of Ghostface? The guy who did the Ghostface, oh, the, the yeah. phone voice, yeah. Distorted the the uh, their voices. No, no, that I, the oh. whole talk box thing was just like part of the like the plot. It, that's not like that. They didn't actually do that. Wow, I didn't know yeah. they actually had. And where do we actually see him then? You don't. He's never in the movie. Did we actually? Do? No. In, in yeah. Movie? Oh, I thought you meant like he's he's like in the background of something. No, no, no. You just hear his voice. No, just the voice. So mm. he could be I'm your Darth sexy Vader. phone sex operator. Well, and Tiff, since we're talking about him, since we don't know what he looks like and we can't do a hot or not, should we uh, should we hot or not his voice? Yes, I feel like hot. Yes. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. For, it, yeah. Especially for especially for um, well, maybe that's not a good. Uh, I mean, uh, he could be like bondage. I was going to say, if he could be a dom with that yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're like into cartoons and stuff, he's also the voice of the mad scientist on the Powerpuff Girls. So <laughs> good to know. <laughs> you know, know, there's all kind of kinks out there. OK, Nev Wild Things Campbell. Yes. I mean, she's hot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, only because she was in the craft yeah, because six months prior to that. She had just done The Craft, yeah. Yeah, The Craft came out in May of 96. Yeah, she had just finished filming The Craft when they cast her in Scream. So she like yeah. did those, she like filmed those movies back to back. Back to back. Talk about work. And at the same time, she was still doing Party of Five. I love Party yeah. of Five. Yeah. Her and her brothers, not Lacey so much. She's adorable, lover and mean girl. Lacey's a little whining. Yeah, totally. Lovely. I couldn't, she drove me insane in Party of Five. <laughs> oh, I would have slapped her. And I was like, oh, you're so much better in Mean Girl. We have Skeet Ulrich. Yes. Hot. Yes. Yes. Okay, so 
totally not my type as of like what my current type is. But at the time I was like, he's like one of the hot, I, I, was, I wasn't out at the time. Yeah. So he was like super, super hot. Yeah. Super mess. Right. <laughs> so I was uh, now watching it in the second time. I'm like, Oh, I was into that. Then, then, was like, <laughs> because listen, he was like the poor man's Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I did also think he was a little better looking than Johnny Depp in my IMO. Yeah, re- like at that time, like yeah. Edgier, I definitely... like I know Johnny Depp's supposed to be edgy already, but I felt like he yeah, was. Yeah, but he had that soft face where he was like that bad boy, but you could still take him. But home. still a boy next door, right? Skeet looks greasy as fuck. Like you know, you're getting chlamydia when you lay down with that one. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, and I mean that's based kind of on the... his name alone. <laughs> Skeet, and that's kind of that's kind of his character on Riverdale too. He's like the leader of the motorcycle gang. Oh, oh. I don't yeah. watch Riverdale. Yeah, whose whose son is gay? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and you maybe know, maybe he was secretly maybe our boy Billy Loomis. Maybe he was gay. Well, I mean, Possibly. we're gonna get to that with that whole thing with. Malcolm oh yeah, we already started talking about that. We'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll come okay. back to it. But yeah, I totally. Por- Courtney Cox. <laughs> yes, her last name is Cox. No, no I know. Um, it, it was. I felt in the beginning, I felt she was weird for that role, and then I just got accustomed to it with the sequels. But I, because of the whole hair thing, the very '90s kind of highlight, yeah. Colleen Camp, you know, yeah. hair thing, I, I, it felt weird. So I, there was no, there was zero sexual attraction to yeah. her persona. So- Definitely not in Scream, but I will say in Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark video. <laughs> you look like a little boy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, from Friends with a Turkey on Her Head. There. Stop. We're not even going to go there. No. Okay. Our girl, Wild Rose McGowan. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't. Yeah. From that from that era. This yeah. era and that yeah. era. Yeah. Not. Fuck's <laughs> like, any time. He's like anytime, every time, all day. Um, you know what? Rose is like the bad girl that your mom says you can't hang with, but she's so intoxicating that you're like, yes, I am gonna hang with her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, totally. But don't wanna do her. David Arquette, yeah. I yeah, I was actually telling him he's like so adorable. Like he had this really precious kind of like and he was like like he was kind of thickish because he wasn't yeah. like skinny like skeet was yeah but he had like a real natural kind of you know you know towny vibe to him yeah mm-hmm. um, so yeah I the, was, the, yeah. the lovable goofy yeah and know. i thought it was hotter than than uh alexis well alex back then mm-hmm. um I've, I've um i've never really been a big fan of his in general as just like an actor and and a uh, did did he ever do stand up? Am I remembering that wrong? Was he like? Did he try to do stand up at some point, or was he just an? Actor? I don't know. I don't. He's always been like a comedic actor, so mm-hmm. I was just never really a big fan of his. But I liked him in the Scream movies. I liked his yeah. his character, but I, most Doofer. everything else he was is was in what? Doofer. Doofy. They call him Doofer in the in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Deputy yeah. Doofus. Um, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I did, but now I'm I, again. What Pre was just saying, I, I look back and I'm like, why did I think they were attractive? Why? And it was such a dick in the movie. It was like, how did I think he was hot back then? But you know, I always, I'm, I'm 
I'm a fan of Matthew Lillard's comedic performances. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, I agree. Talk about n- making a career out of being a stoner. He is like everything shaggy. Yeah, shaggy. Yeah, shaggy. He does. Yes. <laughs> I do like his shaggy. He's definitely yes. good shaggy. So yeah. after this one, we have one more. Um, so Jamie Kennedy. Yes. No. Yes. yes. No. Okay. Yes. No for no. Frank. Okay. Two no's. No. Well, three no's, one yes. Wow. You said no to Jamie Kennedy? Yeah. Like, I mean, you said no at all? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was, um, that was a pause <laughs> while everyone processed that. <laughs> <laughs> The first time. Wow. Good, good point. <laughs> wow. Don't, don't we say that every time she says no to any hot or not? Don't we just be like, do you ever say? Do you no? ever say no? And like, I think every podcast at some point we make. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you did it in like the second episode. <laughs> every episode, yeah, because we know you're a whore. Yes, on the inside, not outside. Oh, okay, right. I'm a prude Aren't on the we outside. All, though? Yes, uh, I'm from the Midwest. Um, but this one is a definite yes for me. Leif Schreiber. Oh, yeah. In Scream, wasn't he really involved in Scream 3, but not in 2? Like, he was a little bit in 2, but... Oh, I thought he was in 2 more than 3, but yeah. It's the other way around. I just remember seeing him in whichever movie where he played a much bigger role in, I remember just going, oh my god, he's so... Oh, well, he does show up for Scream 2 when they're like, he's trying to convince Sydney to do some kind of interview or some kind of shit that they come up with. Yeah, but then three is where they actually like really get into like use yeah, him more of his where you character. get the the movie in within a movie, right? right. Exactly. Well, okay. and I, I I didn't remember until we just watched the original that like he's literally in the first movie in just that news clip. Like there's a news clip yes. of him, and that's it. He has no lines. He is just mm-hmm. that little thing, and parlayed it into like a career. <laughs> Well, that was the thing. It's like, uh, I mean, it's not like he was a nobody back then. I mean, he was sort of was. I mean, nobody. Yeah. He wasn't really on the map that much. He was not Ray Donovan. He no. was not because that's the lead that I'm into. I definitely think he got better with age. Oh yeah, I he, agree. Like as an older man, Jesus Christ, that man is sexy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. suburban dad, let me give you three kids or be your second wife, whatever. <laughs> That's that's what I feel when I see him. Well, you know, live your truth, girl. Well, that concludes our. I mean, do we need to talk a minute for about the fact that what the fuck is his character's name? Cotton Weary. Where did what what the fuck is that? Like, hey, I was telling telling Frank I dated a cotton. What? We went on like. There's like real people actually with the name Cotton. Yes, he was a country boy, but he was a band, and he was. Come here, Cotton. You forgot to star in the movie. Who? Who? Linda Blair. <laughs> Cameo. Yeah. yeah her She's not puking on anybody in this movie. I was going to mention her, but then I changed my mind because I was like, you know, we see her for like two seconds. Yeah. yeah I, I, still talk- feel, I still feel like we glossed over Jamie Kennedy too quickly just because I was the only one that liked him. Because he's like my Bill Hader for you guys. Ew. Like he oh. made me laugh. <laughs> I feel and so called out. He right was now. right, yes. Uh-huh. And he's so right up there for me. He's in the same family as Seth Green and uh Brecken Meyer. Like I yeah. had the hots for them and they were all that yeah. specific type. So you were really loving Malibu's most wanted. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Malibu. 
<laughs> Throwing a macadamia nizzle too. Oh my god! Oh my god, Frank! It was Gamecast, it was Gamecast, and it was GameCube. Oh, I can't afford it, or whatever. The fact oh, that Frank even yeah, knows. it's a freaking musket. Yeah, I'm not surprised <laughs> in the least. God damn. Um. So, would you like a couple more fun facts? Do we want to do fun facts or we just want to like dive in and talk about the film and you can like drop in the fun facts as they're relevant? I just have to say this thing, one thing, because you know, this is interesting to me. There was a bidding war and they, um, this script only, I know it's a lot of money at the time, but it only sold for $400,000. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, what did the second script sell for? I don't want to go more than that. that. They got that franchise money and those points and back in yeah, things exactly. after that. I think even before before Scream left the theaters, they had already managed to negotiate Scream Two. Yeah. Oh yeah, didn't he? He had envisioned it as a trilogy. Um, like he like literally like when they picked up the first script, he was like, "Yeah, well, I have I have two more. Basically, I have like the like to do it as a trilogy." So he basically already had it kind of planned out. Especially using Jamie Kennedy's role. Uh, what's his name? Um. Anyway, the video, oh, Randy. Randy, yeah, yeah. As the as even like that the connection, died, like the through line, yeah. Right, and and also be the basis for the entire premise of the sh- of the of the franchise. Right, right, right. Was really super smart. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought watching it again. I said this to Rob when we were watching it that aside from like the the like music, fashion, technology like things that like said it in the nineties aside from that, from a script standpoint and a story standpoint, it still holds up. I think like you could, oh, still, you, you could literally, I mean, that's why they're making a fifth one. Cause you can still like, you could literally make that movie again today, almost exactly the same way. I mean, obviously update a little bit of the technology. Um, but then you can also poke fun at that and, and reference right. like, this is like, it's not like, it's like, it's like how they rebooted Halloween or whatever. Right. You know, it's like, it could open with them gutting an influencer live on Instagram. <laughs> can they just? Can we just have a whole movie of influencers being murdered? Just that's it. There doesn't need to be yes. a plot. Like that is the plot. We're just you know sure just influencers like that on the dying. dark web. Yeah, yeah, we just we invite them for an event and it turns into a movie, but they're not aware. So the terror is real. It's soft. Or is it like hostile escape room? All I mean, of it. All, all of just, it. All combined together. <laughs> all of all it. Media. The cabin. <laughs> the cabin. The cabin. Woods. Cab. Oh, that was such a great horror film. But we got to talk about Scream. Let's talk about Scream. Okay. So who remembers their initial? Like, like, how did you feel about Scream the first time you saw it? Oh, I was hiding behind my hands. I loved it. It was so refreshing. This yeah. Something that we're all familiar with presented in a whole new way. It yeah. felt like a whole brand new experience. And the thing about it that made it so much more immersive, especially for back in the 90s, was the fact that they included the audience in on the joke. Yeah. In that it didn't uh, pander, but it definitely acknowledged that it's a smarter audience than we used to have. Yeah. And played to that. And that, I think, is part of what really made it so appealing to everybody. Yeah, I definitely feel like it was like one of the first movies I can remember. And just even like going back through like horror movie history in general, I feel like it was a movie that really put on the map the whole like big twist at the end where you're like, you don't know who the killer is the whole time. Whereas horror Mm -hmm. movies 
up until that point because they don't really consider it a horror movie they consider it a suspense thriller mm-hmm. and with like you know obviously a lot of horror elements to it um but i feel like prior to scream coming out movies that were kind of like you didn't really know what was happening or that had lots of twists and turns didn't really fit within the horror genre. They were just like a whole separate thing. And in my opinion, Scream really put that idea on the map of being able to combine that suspense thriller where you're not really sure who's who and what's going on and combining that with the horror genre, like the slasher genre. Picking the slasher film up an intellectual level. Yeah. And then uh, I mean, including like, the audience on that. Right. I mean, and then Kevin Williamson parlayed it into like a career for years of doing I Know What You Did Last Summer and, Mm -hmm. you know, all those other films where it was all a big part of the movie and and of the story was not knowing who the killer was, like who's responsible. Whereas most, you know, horror movies and especially horror franchises of like Friday the 13th and Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, even, you know, going into like Hellraiser, they all have the quintessential evil guy. And yeah. Scream has that, but it elevated it into like much more, like you just said, a much more intellectual idea. And I think what's cool is like, as much as they played up the rules, they broke so many of them. Right. While still holding true to some of like the real core horror movie rules, like right. you never say I'll be right back and all this kind of stuff. But I think for me, as far as horror movies are concerned, I feel like Scream is to the horror genre as The Little Mermaid was to Disney in that it was like a renaissance for, for, well, I thought you were going to say Jacques Cousteau. Sorry. I mean, I, I <laughs> know what movie you were about to pull out, but at the same time, when you said, when you, when I heard Little Mermaid, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're tying Scream to the Little Mermaid, and it doesn't surprise uh, me in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. I at love all. it. I love it. I, I so, don't, I don't know if I'm going to agree with what you're saying, but let, let me hear out your whole thought. Why it felt like a renaissance for the horror genre because it was getting to a point where the old horror genre formulas were not working anymore because the audience was smarter. And so Scream marked a whole new rebirth for the horror movie genre, creating a whole new subgenre. And and much in that same way that, you know, Little Mermaid revitalized the Disney classic. So that's the reason why I make the connection. Interesting. Hmm, The first time I saw it, I feel like we were coming into this really kind of golden age of films geared towards teen audiences because we were entering Mm -hmm. this point where we had shit like Party of Five, Felicity, where they were giving us better content. And yeah, Dawson's Creek, all of those things. And like the teens weren't treated as you know, these dumb little things that are just, you know, trying to make out and go to football games all of the time. Right, yeah. And you got to see a different, like we were getting a different kind of visual for young women. Usually, like when I would watch Nightmare on Elm Street and shit like that, like those girls would kind of fight back, but they were still very much damsels in distress. Mm -hmm. And when I was watching Scream, even though Tatum was going to be murdered. Bitch was throwing beer cans. And uh-huh. she's like, bring right? it on, motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah. And well, even the whole thing with when, you know, the, she kicked she, him yeah. and, like yeah. kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these girls were fighting and it was just such a, like an amazing thing to watch. I really love I these films that we got at that time because yeah. Mm-hmm. The characters were treated equal regardless of their gender, 
they were going to be murdered. They were still going to fight. They were going to try to work together. There was no like, oh, she's just the poor girl that needs some saving. No, right. they they were shooting guns and stabbing too. Well, it definitely shifted the idea. Like there was that paradigm shift from like the final girl wasn't just the girl that lived. She was right. the heroine. She was like the hero mm-hmm. of the story instead of just the one that got away. The one that yeah. was able to survive the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely completely, you know, I think started a whole new era of free, like we were just saying, like it completely reinvigorated the genre because okay. it just reimagined what it could be. Um, yeah. I love the fact that I, I watched some of the special features on the DVD that we have, like the whole writing process for Kevin Williamson was like he wanted to write something scary and something gory. And everybody that read the script was like, this is too much. Like he like went, they were like no multiple people in like interviews were like the first 30 pages. I had to put it down because it was so much. Um, and clearly I think in the film itself, especially now looking back at it through a lens of having, you know, 7,000 saw movies and, you know, like gore porn horror movies. I mean, just all the Rob Zombie stuff, like everything. If you just want to call out Eli Roth, just name my man, okay? <laughs> just name my but, man. But like looking back on it through the lens of all this like super gory horror that we've gotten since, um, you know, and looking back on it and watching the movie and thinking how, like, was it that much gorier than what we saw? Because really watching this film, I'm like the first like, you know, 30 minutes of the film isn't that gory. I mean, the no. opening sequence is a little bit. But for that time, it was. For the time, that's what I'm saying. Like, back at that time, like, they kept having to... Like... They kept getting rejected by the MPAA because they couldn't oh, get an R rating uh, because it was but so Hellraiser gory. it was way gorier. Um, but, I mean, there was gore. Like, I mean, you had all the Friday the 13th movies and Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, there was plenty of gore, but it was never yeah, played never in a realistic it. way. Yeah, and you never saw it as explicit as it was... Well, I mean, and, and I think when we hit the 2000s with Hostel and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the, the, the big difference for me was, and I think what they were seeing Scream was being targeted at like very broad audiences where, mm-hmm. you know, horror films and like slasher films till that point were very, they were very a niche market. Like yeah, that's true. they were targeted at a very specific group of people that wanted to see those kinds of movies. And they were trying to take Scream to a much broader audience and like kind of make it more of like a household name for a movie franchise. Well, not even a franchise necessarily, but I think that the studios were like, you can't be super gory. Cause like we can't put that in a theater. And like, eventually they were able to, you know, get the R rating. So they didn't get the NC 17. But I guess my point is like watching the movie, I'm like, this really isn't that gory, is it? And people were like freaked out by that script, you know, 20, almost 25 <laughs> years ago. People were like, oh my God. And now you'd be like, oh, this is Losers. okay. But can you uh, kill more people in the first 30 pages? Because I don't think enough people die yet. And, and, and so, who was the studio that finally did say yes? Who did Dimension. It? It was Miramax. Miramax. Dimension Films, yeah. yeah. So I have a question for you guys. How do you think this movie was offered to both Sam Raimi and George Romero and they turned it down? Right. Do you think we, we would have received the same kind of screen? Absolutely like, not. Through either their visions with the Absolutely same not. like girl power and no. the same. You think they would have stuck to the standard horror rules? I think the reason why like Sam Raimi and George Romero and however many other people like turned it down before it got to Wes Craven. I think the reason why they turned it down was because 
the script didn't fit the aesthetic that they are known for. Um, so they were just like, this script isn't for me. I don't, I don't think it was, they passed because I guess, you know, your question is if they had made it, would, would it be, it would have been a completely different film because they would have rewritten half the script to fit their aesthetic and to fit their filmmaking, you know, approach because this film in the way it was made, I think Wes Craven was looking for something new to do. He was trying to get away from doing horror at the time. He was trying not to do gory, you know, he didn't want to do more Nightmare on Elm Street at the time. He was looking to get into drama and to comedy. And so I think it, it, he was actually the right choice because he could meld a, you know, a non-horror vision but still match it to his, his experience doing horror. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we got the film we got and why it was so good was because he wasn't looking to make another horror film at the time. So he was coming at it from a completely different mindset than someone like Sam Raimi or George Romero who would make it, they wanted to make a straight up horror. Um, and part of one of part of the way that they got, they sold the script was, I guess it was, I think I read and either something I read or maybe it was in one of the special features I watched that basically Wes Craven went to the studio cause they were like, this isn't like, this is so gory. This is so over the top. And he was like, think of it like a comedy and then you'll get it. And so then they all, they were all like kind of revisiting like what the, like the concepts behind the film as from a comedy lens. And they're like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Um, and they were able, like, that's how the film ended up getting made because they were pushing more for like, they, they were trying to get, you know, the people with the, the veto power to think of it. It's not a slasher film. It's not a, yeah, it's not a horror movie. It's not Friday the 13th. It's not Nightmare on Elm Street. But, so, but it's poking fun at Nightmare Right. It's, it's more of a, of a, you know, it's paying homage to, but also completely lampooning those movies at the same time. What did you think of the film when you first saw it? I don't know. It was good. <laughs> How old were you? I was 10. When it you came out, did you see it when you were 10? Mm, yeah, uh, my uncle uh, got it on, on the pay-per-view. Oh, okay. And I was at my cousin's house, and we all watched it. But like before, I wasn't into horror because it was scary just because of all the monsters and stuff like that. Oh, and I watched it, and I was like, well, this is horror. This is nothing. <laughs> this is boring. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> but I liked it, and then from then on, I went into horror after watching Scream. Oh, so Scream actually Scream was wow. It, it, you, it's it's how your your horror fan bloomed. Yeah, I was born into a horror family anyway, but um, I was just scared all the time of anything horror. And then yeah, Scream was, was your coming out movie. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Cute. Friday the Thirteenth was mine. Oh, which the first one? The first one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am that fucking old Frank. Thanks. <laughs> no, because I I didn't know Jason wasn't in the first one. You know, back in the day until like later on. But uh, you know, people say Friday the Thirteenth. You think of Jason. You don't think of just the mom. His mama. Yeah. yeah. You know, I really relate to that movie on a. Parental Deep level now at, mm-hmm. uh, from a parental standpoint, Mama mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, this film was supposed to be take place at Santa Rosa High School, but you know, people were so soft back then. After the administration read that script, they said, Hell 
no, we will not have this kind of pornographic, violent crap filmed at our school. And they had to take it over to another area of California, and it was called Heldsburg, California. And if you watch at the end of the film, in the special thank you section, you'll see no thanks whatsoever to Santa Rosa City School District Governing Board. And that was a special message from Wes Craven. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to go back and watch that. that just for the, well, I mean, not the whole movie. I can fast forward, but I don't <laughs> see the, just I skip see that, to the credits. Finger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Suck it, Santa Rosa. Yeah. Fuck Suck it, Santa Rosa. Boom. Now you're known for nothing. Your nice wines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Frank. <laughs> your wow. nice wines. Um, did you know that your boo, Jamie Kennedy, did a lot of improvisation yes. while filming this? I mean, I assumed that a lot of his stuff was, I mean, it was scripted, but like he embellished and, you know, did his own thing with it. And Wes Craven was all about it because he found him very hilarious. Yeah. Of course well, I was did. Talking, there were so many moments and not even moments that are directly related to him in the fact that it was anything he said or did. But some of the stuff that was happening around him, like one of the things, like I made a list of like callbacks or, or Easter eggs or things that I, I noticed or questions. And there was a point where he is, they're in the video store um, and he's talking about how it's Billy or whatever, or that right. everyone's a suspect and all this kind of stuff. And when he's talking about, you know, why would he kill his girlfriend? And then, and he's talking about, you know, any reason there's actually a girl in the back where he greases his voice and she like looks up and she's out of focus, <laughs> but he's like going on about killing his girlfriend for any reason. And you know, any reason to kill a girlfriend. And she's just like looking at him and she's like, Looks around, <laughs> and then he's like going off, and she just shakes her head and walks off. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, M, like, and, and it was shot that way on purpose, clearly, because he's in the third. He's not; it's not a direct shot. He's shot right. in the third of the screen, and she's in the other third in the background, just out of focus. So. Yeah, it was hilarious. That's yeah. me. The wild things. Um, so Drew Barrymore in the opening scenes. Wes Craven was taunting her with stories of animal cruelty to get her to react like that. Because <laughs> no she's way. An Seriously? animal lover. That's the most like quintessential Drew Barrymore thing that anyone could <laughs> yeah. ever know. Yes. They're slicing up puppies. They're yes. taking skin and wearing them. So that's what she was reacting to. There was true terror happening on the set. That's probably why she accidentally called 911 during the filming. Oh, really? Accidentally? Yes. Accidentally, in big quotes. She accidentally called 911 while filming. And she she says, um, they had a... 2011 documentary called Still Screaming where they say we're in the middle of a take and the phone starts ringing and we're like what's going on why is the phone ringing (laughs) and it's the police asking what the hell we're doing and why do we keep calling them because she kept calling 911 screaming hanging up calling screaming hanging up over and over again but that's because I I would be willing to bet that maybe she didn't really because they were using an actual phone because the guy that was doing the voice was calling the phone on a cell phone they had him on another part of the set so it was a live it was a real phone because he was doing all of the voice through the phone to her 
That was part of like what they talked about before they shot the scene was that she was like, I have to be able to hear his voice to really pull this off. Like if you really want me to be able to like react, it's not just somebody off camera <laughs> reading the line. Right, right. Like we need to make it legit. So the guy that did the voice was on a cell phone hidden somewhere else on like on the set <laughs> calling yeah, her to, and that the phone was actually ringing like she was legit answering a real phone and talking to him on the phone so all of that was like happening in real time so she probably didn't realize it's a live phone drew you can't keep dialing 911 like oh my god <coughs> yeah. sorry but oh my God. that's amazing. I didn't know she actually dialed 911. I didn't even know that story, but I just, I knew about the, <laughs> that it was a live phone. It was a real phone. Yeah. That is so ridiculous. I have to say, I still remember in the, like in the movie theater, coming back to Drew, the whole scene with Drew Barrymore of like the moment, like you're not really sure what's happening. You're like, Oh, weird guy on the phone. Da, 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 da. And the moment he says, um, cause I want to know who I'm looking at. Like your like stomach goes into a knot, and you're like, yes. "What the <laughs> fuck is happening?" Like immediately freaks you out, and then the whole rest of the scene is just like you're just on edge the whole time. I just I remember that like experiencing that, and then especially the moment, the other moment that really hit me was when after he like strangles her on the ground and she like hits him and gets him off of her and she can't like she's choking and coughing and she's coming around the side of the house when her parents are at the front door and she just barely squeaks out mom because she oh, can't yeah. yell because he was squeezing her throat no no like, he had stabbed her right here well he had, he had, yeah he had hit her in like the shoulder or whatever so yeah she couldn't it affected yeah. her voice box she was probably filling up with blood yeah i mean yes clearly she was drowning in her own blood but like <laughs> The, like that moment of her trying to like scream for her mom. They were like literally right there. Yep. Those two moments were like, that would put cry. the movie on a new. Yeah. I mean, it was, it well, I mean, she, was being, she was being stabbed just on the other side of the door that they were standing as, right next to. As her as they parents were, were casually Yes. Yes. They were standing inside. She heard her on the phone and they're like, the, he's dragging her through the front yard. Yes. Yeah, like that that whole sequence, but those two moments are the ones that like I just remember re- reacting to the most of being like, "Holy fuck, what is this movie I'm about to watch?" Like that was that I think I don't Scream wasn't my first horror movie I'd ever seen. I don't know what what was. It might have been Halloween, but um Scream I think really similar to uh Frank. I think Scream is what really made me love the horror genre. Like it really like being you know 17 years old at the time and just like totally going like of course the the mid to late 90s just being you know kevin williamson's playground for for horror movies so it's like i, I think that really that scene is one of my favorite horror movie sequences like of all time yeah i i remember thinking right after that scene it's like you took a breath finally i'm like this is just the fucking beginning of the movie. Like the movie right. hasn't technically even started yet. Right. This is this is like the opposite. Again, another Disney reference. This is like <laughs> weird. The Lion King did the whole <laughs> massive pageant of Circle of Life before they even showed the title page. Right. So it was like yeah. that, that. That's what this was an entire short horror film. Before the movie actually started, it was amazing. And it was just kind of like, okay, so this is what we have to prep exactly what you were saying. It's like, okay, yeah. this is what I'm Like, holy I'm, shit, this is what's happening? Okay. Buckle up. Buckle yeah. up. 
Yeah, that was it was really something different for the times. I already liked Nev Campbell because she had that career and she was already like one of those quintessential teen girls. She was an it girl. Yeah. Yeah, she was an it girl for that time. There was nothing Mm -hmm. she could do that was wrong. She had like for me, she was like a unique in a way because she wasn't like a real thin actress. Mm -hmm. She had a vulnerability to her Mm -hmm. that really kind of amplified her role in this film. And a strength. Yeah, and a strength. Because she was, if you look at the characters that she played over that time, she easily went back and forth between playing good girls and bad girls. Right. Yeah. There was no lack of believability in any of that. Well, I think even even her her bad girl moments where she was being, you know, darker or edgier or, you know, you know, not supposed to be super likable or whatever. She still was able. She's still likable. She's still like, and yeah, she's still able to bring that, like that underpinning of like, I feel like she did a great job in in a lot of her roles of playing a character who was almost like putting on a certain act of what people expected of her. Like it's making me think Mm -hmm. of like in the craft where Mm -hmm. You knew that she was like part of this little coven of witches and like she was playing the role, but there was this little like underpinning in the character of like she was still like a good person at heart that kind of just was like mm-hmm. wrapped up with what her friends were doing. Right. And I just, it, I feel like she was always really good at playing that subtle line and walking that line between good and bad and being able to kind of still have some good even in her bad girl moments. Even though she wasn't the first choice, I think she was the correct choice for this role because I can't yeah. picture Reese Witherspoon or the number one pick, Molly Ringwall. I know, God, Press I can't Gut. believe that's yes. who. That's who. She was the number one. That that's who they he wanted. wanted. Was it? It was. Um, was it? It's Kevin Williamson wanted her, right? Yeah, yeah he Kevin wanted Williamson her. wanted Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And she said, "I'm 27." No. Right. <laughs> right. And then well, everyone was else smart. they cast no, was like, oh, well, we're only 25, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. 25-year-olds as – they're seniors in high school. Right. Yeah, that, that totally the works. Same thing. Yeah. One of the things I read when I was kind of, like, diving into stuff about the film um, was – it was funny that – David Arquette was actually younger than most of the other cast, but he was playing like a 25 year old (laughs) deputy when they're all, the rest of them are in high school when they were all like a year or two older than he was. Uh, Like I think Skeet Orish and, and um, Matthew Lillard were both like two years older than him. (laughs) Oh my God. Even Courtney Cox. Even Courtney Cox is older. Because that is way pretty that's after they're like making a million dollars an episode for friends right right Right. yeah so she was very established at that point Mm -hmm. but i'm sure that was a fun little change for her yeah well she she had a i watched a a, a, one of the interviews in the special feature that i watched she talked about how she she like went after doing that role they weren't going to give it to her they passed on her and she kept going back she was like gunning for it because she wanted she had never played a bitch she's like i want to play the bitch and i've never gotten <laughs> to do it nobody ever lets me do it let me be the bitch and they were like but can you be <laughs> um and so, so like, you have it in you yeah like they yeah. were like no you're not the right pick and she went for it hard and they finally relented and let her have like gave her the role and i think character wise i think she did i know free didn't really like weren't really on board with her at first in the Not first. Not at first, film. but I was a convert. But yeah, um, but I definitely think like going like you know 
especially retrospectively, I think she brought just the right amount of bitch to the first film, mm-hmm. but you still kind of liked her. You yeah. liked her bitchiness. Um, and then, especially as they developed, you know, the, the sequels and her and Dewey's relationship and how it like yeah. bloomed and made, gave her a little bit, she was still a total bitch to everybody, but gave her more, a little more humanity, you know, a yeah. little more of a likable side. But I still loved in the first film how you, you enjoyed all of her bitchiness. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it came up as scrappy because, you know, yeah. she's this town who's yeah. trying to be legit with the name of a meteorologist. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, oh, I mean, she's like, I know you're 50 pounds overweight, but when I say, like, get the camera, move your fat move ass. Move your fat <laughs> ass. I always move felt so bad about how she treated ass. Kenny. I know, poor Kenny. I know. Like, just <laughs> Justice for Kenny. Kenny. Right? Justice for Kenny. It was so mean to him. They killed Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. South Park was already out by that time. I wonder if that's why they named him Kenny. I don't know, but I mean, if we're talking about, you know, some of the kills, I I think maybe you guys can help me out, but I didn't understand why they killed the principal. I think just because. But was because that, I mean, maybe somebody had an issue with the Fonz. But there was really no motive. They stated there's no motive in the movie. Like you didn't have to have a motive, sure. But I mean, they still gave us a motive when they told it. We figured out, you know, when they told us who it was and how they did it, you know, there was a motive. Somewhat. I mean, like we. Her. I mean, it was sure it was displaced and they probably would have been able to take care of it with some therapy. But uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, they could have unpacked that and dealt with sure. it. But, yeah. you know, the fact that he blamed her, her mom for ruining their their home life. Like, right. Seriously. Well, and that was but that was Billy's reasoning. But Stu's, I think, they, like when Stu was on board because then he was like, oh, well, if we're going to kill if we're going to have this whole plan to kill Sydney, he's like, I want to go after Casey. Like they drop that little thing early in the movie about how like Casey used to be his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. For Steve. And so that's why he killed Casey and Steve. Sure, And that makes sense Um, too. Yeah. I think the principle, maybe you can slide the tardy. (laughs) I think there's a deleted scene somewhere that maybe explained that. Maybe Um, in the men's restroom. I wonder if it had anything to do with the fact (laughs) that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can chew gum down the hall if I want <laughs> I'm going to kill you Principal Sanders <laughs> I wonder if it might have had anything to do with the way that he reprimanded those two students for running the, the two students he expelled yeah down. Like, like I almost feel like, like that was setting up to show maybe how he was with them and and why I mean, I would, because that was the other thing we were talking about when we were watching it a second time. It's like now knowing knowing that there's two killers, which is also another twist. Right. The fact that it's not just one person. You're now going through the movie in your head and thinking, okay, well, who was whom? And so that would be more like a Matthew Lillard kill than, right. than Billy. Well, no, it had to be Billy because at the time that they showed Principal Hembry getting murdered, Stu oh, was, was like them. leaving the school and talking about and setting he, up the party and they yeah. were walking down and he and was with Tatum and flower. So oh. well, okay. That had then, to be um, a, a Billy kill. Well, speaking of Billy, I kind of wish it had been Joaquin Phoenix. 
because that's oh, who God. it was supposed to be. That would have been an interesting. That would have been a fucking intense ass Billy Loomis. Yeah, that would have been a very interesting casting choice. Oh, look at Frank's face. That's so cute. <laughs> Are you not into Joaquin? Joaquin. You don't no, no, like no. Joaquin? You, you, you robot it out right now. You know, something did. happened with the connection and you, <laughs> you're like, you're who, like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, who did? <laughs> Tiff did? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, On our end, anyway. <laughs> that, that was just your bad technology over there. Whoa. Yeah, pew, pew, shots fired. I will say I... I really enjoyed the nostalgia of the music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the movie, because there was just there was so much of it was like, I mean that was part of why the movie is now kind of feels really dated. That even the like even like the scoring still yeah. has a very distinct like of the times like all like everything is just <laughs> so tied to. Hey. Listen. What's your tone? I don't know. Frank was had a whole your thing. Tone. About <laughs> I knew Frank right would now. be into talking about the music because Frank is all about. The I'm music just voice. kidding. I'm just kidding. You're not a nerd. I mean, I threw out a fucking numbers fact. Right? <laughs> Straight out the nerd. gate. Frank, tell me. You, you got all excited when I started talking about the music. Tell me your thoughts. Oh, no. Yeah. Just listen to like the little tracks that were going down. And like the first track was uh, actually, it wasn't um, Voice or Call, but it was a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper. It was in the beginning of the movie, Don't bro. Don't fear yeah. the reaper. Yeah. And then the other song from Dumb and Dumber, the red wine dress. Red, of... <laughs> red right hand? Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> red wine dress? Same yeah. <laughs> He was like, wait, lady in red, red, red wine, red wine dress. <laughs> See? That's it. Sold. <laughs> Done. <laughs> But it was definitely very 90s. And actually, I was telling him it reminded me of, of the the music that was playing when they first introduced Josh and Clueless. <laughs> yes. Modlin oh, 90s music. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Also, oh, the questions in the hair. Oh, Rudd. Oh. Yeah. Uh, That's another. That'll be a different podcast. Okay, sorry. Passions and the... Oh, Paul Passion. Rudd. Sorry. No, Paul Rudd. Passions and the... Okay. The big issue is... Wasn't there a curfew? They had a citywide curfew. Yeah. And they're having a party. That massive party, yeah. And 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 then it wasn't even hidden because here was the thing. It's like they started they showed them starting to close the doors saying closed for curfew. Right. Which All like okay, I get it. Down and- but like seriously, who's gonna read that if everyone's in curfew? Tourists. Well, but if you think about it, that's true. Tourists. Um, but when they announced the curfew, when the principal announced it over the loudspeaker at the school, didn't he say, I think he said it was eight, an eight o'clock curfew or nine. It was a nine o'clock curfew. All those businesses Either were closed way. at like 6 p.m. <laughs> Either way. Why are they at a party where a sheriff's deputy is just uh, keeping eye over it. It's a, you're supposed to have a curfew, meaning you're supposed to be Everybody in your home. Right, Calm down, but Dad. They were also all white. Well, there was that, but also. Calm down, Dad. But also, why is Deputy Dewey walking up in this party where all these underage kids are getting hammered? No, they they address that. He comes in and they show. I know he's like, uh, he's like, well, you shouldn't be drinking that. And he's like, ah, just kidding. I'm not. I don't care. Right. What is, I mean, that's a like he he'll, he's gonna get fired. 
He's a cool cop. Yeah. No, he's yeah. no. But he no, is going to get gonna fired. get fired. You can murder if you're yeah. a cop. So it's okay they were, to allow underage drinking. And they were all white. Yeah, they're white. So there was only the one black person in that whole movie. And surprisingly, they didn't die in the beginning. I mean, no, not at all. And it was wow. a very, and it was a very intelligent and articulate and very beautiful role <laughs> and woman. Um, Uncredited, mind you. No, she's credited. <laughs> but yeah, I, like the only black, black woman in back. Yeah, <laughs> she was the one holding, and she actually, she actually in on IMDb, she's actually her name is reporter with mask. <laughs> she's the one reporter that was holding the mask. <laughs> Practice for her Look, stint on, on Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> she was ready. That and was he, that was quality representation at the time. Okay, in the nineties. Look, black people didn't exist in New York, according to Friends. Black people were just hanging out in the background. Yeah, and there were no other colors. No. Because there's not a single Asian person or... Mm-hmm. Or Latina, Latinx. No, no, no where Latinx. Where were they supposed to be again? Where, 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 where? They don't say. California. No, they don't they, say, but they don't it was say. in California. Well, they don't give it a place intentionally. And I, I saw some posts on the interwebs that people were saying, well, it's has with the way that they kind of crafted it and just the way that they told the story, that it has mm-hmm. a very upstate New York feel. I can um, see that. Oh, and she. Ooh. Oh, apparently she doesn't what? agree. Oh. Upstate New York. Oh. Um, no, I don't agree with that. But it's yeah. but it doesn't have a town. It doesn't have a lo- like Vermont? it doesn't have yeah. a location because they wanted it to be like this could happen in any town, any, any, any small town. Yeah. Any yeah, any street USA where when your city calls but for all those a curfew. Houses were all like way. Nobody had neighbors for miles. Right. Well, that's it. Well, because they were all rich white kids. We were following a story of rich, rich white kids. I mean, did you see? Okay, Sydney goes home to her house after school on that first her day. Very large leaves, home. And she's yeah. got that gigantic deck across the back of the house, wraparound porch on the front. Like, mm-hmm. like she was trying to figure out which room she wanted to go talk on the phone in. Like, <laughs> where am I going to take a nap? Drew Barrymore's house looked like fucking Nigella Lawson's house. Right? It did. I yeah, mean, the entire back good. side of the house was all glass windows. So, like, right? I mean, these were wealthy, rich white kids living in upper class. So this was just basically like a slasher version of the Fire Festival? Sort wow. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only it actually happened and the oh, Fire right. Festival didn't. Yeah. So we were talking about kills. We got away from kills and we didn't talk oh, yeah. about Tatum's amazing kill. Oh, that was a, that was a really uh, great horse kill. Horse the, you the scared me too. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only character that ever mentions Ghostface and it's the only yes. time he's ever mentioned in the film. Who missed yes. the Ghostface? And yeah. that's when I, I turn to Frank Don't and I go, kill me, Mr. Cole's face. And like how she goes, what movie is this from? I spit on your garage. <laughs> I love that line. She was a fun kill. Like, yeah. See, I felt like she gave up too quickly. Like she threw like whatever bottles were there. I'm like, you're in the garage. There are tons of things you could use yes, to girl. him with. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was just in the mentality of trying to get away. What I didn't understand was why didn't she run back over and like open the garage door again? Like push the button to open the door. 
Then it was right next to like long handled wooden well, things that she could have been using to smack yeah. him in the head with while she's opening the garage door. Well, maybe she had been drinking. Yes, she had been drinking. Maybe. Maybe allegedly the la- the okay. run- oh well I guess like you're thinking just get away and you have a one track yeah. mind and you know she's already just really sarcastic so she's one of those people the more she drinks she talks she just talks shit and she's less of a fighter I don't know she felt yeah you're right she's just a mouther she just mouths off that was a really awesome I mean that was. Super creative, unexpectedly creative. I thought it was really good. And Rose was too skinny at the time, so she kept falling out of the door. They had to nail her to it. <laughs> they, oh, they, like, yeah, they nailed her blouse to the door they nailed, so she wouldn't nailed fall. Nailed her blouse to the door. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, so I did, yeah. I, that was one of the things that, like, in that moment, you're like, <laughs> she's definitely fitting through that door. I don't understand why she's but stuck because she's clearly just, fitting. And there's two things. They make it like her torso is stuck. And really, her teeth are what's making her stuck. Right. And anybody that has or who has touched some titties know that you can squeeze them pretty much through anything. Right. So... They're not They're like rats. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she was the kind of wealthy teen that got a boob job. I was going to say, maybe she got a boob job and those don't. Silicone was still big at the time. I mean, yeah. they were with those perky nips. True. I mean, True. True. I personally was like, is that what they, re- is that how they really are? <laughs> and she had two <laughs> beds in her bedroom. That was also oh. interesting. Yeah, why were that up? Beds? He's like, what is? Why does she have two beds in her own bed? That is interesting because it wasn't like one of them was a cot. They were like literally. <laughs> no, they were both. They were both yeah. legit, like twin size bed yeah. with a bedside table in between them. So it's not like it was a king that was just separated yeah. because she had a friend. But they were also four poster. Each of them were four posters. Why four poster twin bed? <laughs> why would she have that in her room? That's that's well, so weird. He used to share a room, but then, like, why would you keep it after Doofy moves out to his own room? Like, oh, I'm gonna keep these two beds just in case I have friends over, or I guess that's I like that so sounds like a white suburban thing. I was gonna say, she's a right, a white rich girl, and she's like, Mom, I want to have a second bed so if my friends stay over, they can stay in my room. Actually, yeah. her mom was like, that, oh. that totally makes it plausible. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> her mom's like, Sure, sweetie, you get whatever you want. I'm a fun mom, I'm a cool mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but like, so I can't ever see that scene where, you know, Sydney gets the call at Tatum's house oh. and like whatever. And then oh. we put the phone down. And when, when Dewey Do walks over, picks up, hello. All I ever <laughs> think about is the scary movie version when he comes yeah. out with the vacuum stuck to his penis. I'm cleaning my room. You know, is That's it all that I ever funny? think of. Like, that is a movie that people would be like, they are canceled now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, those jokes would never fucking fly in 2020. No, absolutely not. You can't make that kind of parody movie. No. Because I don't... Have there been parody movies since then? Um, Not, Not successful ones. No, not successful ones. Not that I can think of that are, like, literally designed, like, the scary movie... You know, all, all think, of those were, I mean... I think the last, most recent one was Epic. When they epic. tried to spoof. Epic movie, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, was, um, was it spoofing even, like yeah. superheroes or something? No, it was spoofing the big adventure trilogy thing, like Lord of the Rings, like Lord of the Rings oh, and Thrones, okay. yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about um, some of the callbacks and the uh, Easter eggs and yes, callbacks. let's talk about call the, the, the callbacks to Megway. Yeah. The and, and of course, you know, and and there were obviously a lot of direct callbacks because they directly reference Halloween. They directly reference uh, uh, oh. Uh, but what I love are the ones that are kind of very tongue in cheek or unexpected, mm-hmm. like when they mention Wes Carpenter, right? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and then and then Heron Henry Henry Winkler pops his head out the window, and and the custodian, the custodian is well, you know that custodian was Wes, Cra- Wes Craven was the custodian, right? Yeah, custodian, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. that's right, and that's the that's actually the real Freddy Krueger sweater and hat. <laughs> yes, and hat. Oh, wow. Yes, and his like, name was Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> He was yeah. Wes Craven so, went and got the costume, the Freddy costume, and wore yes. the sweater and the hat to do the the custodian. That's well, right. are we wrapping up our our? Yeah, yeah, so I guess we're rating the rating screen eat. then. Oh, so. I give it a oh, I give shit, it a ten. Yeah. I give it a ten. Uh, I thought it was out of five. Ten oh wait, yeah. are we out of five? Yeah, oh, we used to do it. Out shit, of five. it's been so long. Oh my god. Well, okay, five. 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 Oh, it's a perfect movie. It's I love it. It's 100%. Here comes Frank with this 4.8. <laughs> I actually would give it a 5, too, actually. I would give it a 5. Ew, I, I hate think. the fact that we were both like 5, and you're like, it's a perfect movie. Oh, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, Frank, what would you really give Frank, it? Frank, what's your rating on screen? Oh, I don't know, 5, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, Matthew oh. Miller makes it for me, so. Oh, wow. He's your we boo. Know, we know who he loves. Well, yeah. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> Yeah, because all the shit that he was saying, especially at the end, it's like it's the kind of stuff Frank would be saying. Um, After Frank was... tries to, uh, Frank murders a bunch of people and gets stabbed by his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think any of his emotions were real during the final scene where Sydney is confronting the both of him? Because at the time, him and Neff Campbell were dating, and Wait, they dated Robert? for two years. Really? Oh wow! No, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe? her and Matthew. He was like, yes, let's kill Sydney. Me and that bitch just had an argument. Uh, <laughs> that's when he was like, uh. <laughs> He's like mad at me. Hold on, wait. Rob's right here. Rob, what would you rate Scream? Rob would give it a five, too. Uh, oh, sweet. So this we're is five the first, first is this the first score. Is it? it? Is. Five yes. across the board. It's which the first is time. also... Wow. Which is also the title of a teen movie. Fives the across the board? Oh. No, the perfect score. <laughs> Oh yeah! Our first uh, five across the board—that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, great. I hey. mean, you should add some kind of like da 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 da. Yeah, I'll add some sound yeah. effects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, are we? Did we agree? Are we doing our next movie that I suggested? Um, adventure. Does that? No. Disaster movie. No. no v for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Oh, yeah, let's do V for Vendetta. We let's cannot. always remember the 5th of November because we don't yeah. know what the fuck's going to happen on the 3rd. All right, well, that'll be our next episode then so everybody can tune in to hear us talk about V for Vendetta. V and for Vendetta. And, and I think we should all shave our heads and find orange shirts. I, I, okay. I do that. Should I shave his head? Get my and... wig and shave my wig and then... Yeah, put your wig <laughs> on and then take it, it off. And, and we could open this episode we can do video and just we'll be crying and shaving our own heads 
Mine's already shaved. I can't shave it anymore. Shave it again. Well, then it again. give it a week to grow out and then shave it again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's your homework. <laughs> well, That's what you sure. need to do. <laughs> so, all right. Tune in next time for V for Vendetta. And uh, we are twerk team is back twerk for season two. Right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Horrible. Ryan, I hope you're putting the music in. Uh, no, I'm just going to leave it just like that. <laughs>